pity on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he kept calling out all the more, Son of David, have pity on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called the blind man, saying to him, Take courage, get up. Jesus is calling you. He threw aside his cloak, sprang up, and came to Jesus. Jesus said to him in reply, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man replied to him, Master, I want to see. Jesus told him, Go your way, your faith has saved you. Immediately he received his sight and followed him on the way. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace and just keep welcoming everyone this evening. It's a joy to be with y'all today. I don't know about you, but uh, praying for an extra grace and just keeping my voice going after that game last night of yelling and preaching a little bit this morning. So uh, I think the Holy Spirit's got me, though. All right, so if you remember last week, we heard from the gospel of James and John, the sons of thunder, to the first apostles that Jesus called at the Sea of Galilee. You remember from the gospel that they wanted to sit at Jesus' right and at his left as he enters into his kingdom. So they're thinking very, very worldly here. You know, wanting these seats of authority, these seats of power to be able to rule. We know that Jesus turns that on his head for his apostles and for each one of us. And so many teachings, and even the Christian life in general, is very countercultural. You know, Jesus comes in order to just be contrary to the ways of the world. Because he knows the ways of the world are not going to fulfill humanity. are not going to be able to fill his brothers and sisters. That he came to save us from the darkness of the world. To lead us on a path of life, of light, of flourishing. A path that leads to truth, goodness, and beauty. And ultimately, to eternal life with him. And so my brothers and sisters, as we experience this life, we know that each one of us has a choice of being able to live the life of the world or to live a life for Jesus. And so each and every day we have that choice depending on how we choose to live life. And in the back of our minds, we should always be thinking, if we are Christians, if we are followers of Christ, then our life should look different from the world. So that's something good for us to reflect on before we go to bed each and every night. You know, did my life look different today than somebody who's not following Christ? And if there's not a difference there, then that's what's something we need to look at. So today, we're going to look at Bartimaeus' life. So if you have your Bible with you, it's Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52 that we're going along with. We're going to see how Bartimaeus, the blind man, is going to teach us even more how to be a disciple, how to be able to walk this way of life, even in the midst of the world, knowing that we're called to live in the world, but not of the world. All right, so first off, we see in verse 46, so we're starting off that Jesus was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a sizable crowd, and Bartimaeus, a blind man, the son of Timaeus, sat by the roadside begging. So the first thing that he's teaching us tonight is just his authenticity before the Lord and the importance for a disciple, each one of us, just to be honest before God. You know, he's a blind man. He can't even survive on his own. He has to beg, which is a disgrace in society. That this man is having to sit there and rely on others and his weakness and his vulnerability. And that's something that we can learn from Bartimaeus today, that are we honest before God? When we come to him in times of prayer, when we come to him at mass, are we relating from a place of honesty and authenticity, of vulnerability? You know, we could have this interior mirror of vanity that we can say before God where 
we just paintbrush ourselves and our soul and our hearts to try to look perfect before God. But that's not how we encounter him. That's not how he encounters us. He wants to encounter us exactly where we are, in our weaknesses, in our sin, in our doubts, and then be able to lift us up. So my friends, that's the first encouragement from Barometus today, is for us to be able to come to our Lord exactly how we are, and to be able to reveal everything to him, so that he can transform us, so that he can lift us up and bring us to a higher place, to a life of flourishing. Now, not only was Bartimaeus authentic before the Lord, but he put himself, he positioned himself on a road so that he could encounter others and encounter Christ as he's coming by. So another clue in for us as disciples, for us, what is our disposition? You know, are we positioning ourselves to be transformed by Christ? By coming to Mass every single Sunday, by receiving the sacraments, going to confession every now and then to be able to really be transformed. You know, we have to be able to be have a good disposition to God's grace for him to work. He's not going to work without our free will of saying yes to him. All right, so if we continue on, we look on to verse 40, uh, 48. So, actually, sorry, 47. On hearing that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. You know, so Jesus, some people thought he was a prophet. But we know that he's Messiah, that he's Lord and Savior. So son of David, we know that the Messiah was coming from the line of David. So Bartimaeus in his great faith is saying, Jesus, Messiah, Jesus, Savior, have pity on me. With his great faith, with the little that he has, he cries out in great faith to say, Jesus, I know you can heal me. Jesus, I know you can have mercy on me. I know that you can satisfy the deepest longing of my heart. And we believe that as well. We believe that God is the only one that can truly satisfy us. You know, especially in this world, especially on a college campus, there's so many things that are trying to say, I can satisfy you, I can satisfy you, I can satisfy you. But when we go to these things, we know that we just feel empty at the end of them. That they're the devil's way of tricking us, of being a counterfeit. But we know in our restless heart that the only thing that will be able to satisfy is God himself. Even in this life, not even completely, we're still going to feel that longing, even if we're living a total life for God. Because it's a reminder that we're not made for this world, that we're made for the world to come. And that's what the longing signifies inside each one of us. All right, so moving on, we go to verse 48. Now many began to rebuke him, telling him to be silent. But he kept calling out the more, son of David, have pity on me. I can just picture Bartimaeus here, who's crying out, his life is dependent on this that he encounters his Savior in this moment. But what do we hear? There's voices telling him to be quiet. You know, the voices of the world are telling him to stop calling out to Christ. And for us to be even able to think about, you know, maybe we're in Sabisa eating. We're thinking, should I do the sign of the cross before I, make a, before I pray before meals? You know, or is someone going to be watching and judge me for that? You know, in my silence, am I keeping my safe faith quiet to myself? in fear of what the world may say. You know, we had that beautiful Eucharistic procession on campus just a couple weeks ago, where we had 700 of our students that were following Jesus on the campus. What a beautiful witness of saying, no, Jesus must be proclaimed. He must be king of this world, must be king of this campus. And we cannot let the voices of the world to silence us in that. 
I think, too, we even hear these voices in our own lives, right? Let's bring it down to the individual heart. You know, we hear the voice of the Lord, the Lord drawing us to him, drawing us to truth, to goodness, to beauty, to life. But we also know that there is the voices of the evil one trying to lure us away. And so each and every day that we can stay in tuned to the word and to the voice of God by staying connected to him in times of prayer, so when we are in times of trial or tribulation or we're in the valley, that we can know that that voice is still there guiding us, the voice that's going to lead us to life. All right, so we can continue on in verse 49. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man, saying to him, take courage, get up, he is calling you. And he threw aside his cloak, sprang up, and came to Jesus. He threw aside his cloak and sprang up and came to Jesus. My friends, it's almost a resurrection scene. As we see Bartimaeus, who's on his last straw, who knows if he's about to have his last meal, and he rises up in one last gasp of hope to encounter our Lord, throwing off his cloak. You know, what is that cloak, that security blanket that was keeping him there, that was probably keeping him clothed and warm? For each one of us, you know, what's that security blanket as a disciple? You know, are we truly rooted on Christ? Is he our foundation? You know, what if we didn't have St. Mary's? What if we didn't have our friends, our roommates, our significant other, or our families? Would we be able to say Jesus is Lord? You know, when those securities and those comforts go away. Because we know at the end of our life, we will be standing by ourselves before the Lord. Not with any of our worldly possessions, but us and him alone. And we answer yes to him with our own faith and our own yes and nothing else. And so my friends, Bartimaeus teaches us that we can throw aside that security blanket to be able to grow, especially while we have the gift of St. Mary's, to be able to allow these four, some of you five years, of being able to be here in college so that when we go from this place that our faith is strong and that we're able to encounter the world wherever we're called to and to be able to have Christ as our rock and our foundation. All right, so we continue on, verse 51. Jesus said to him in reply, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man replied to him, Master, I want to see. You know, I believe that Bartimaeus wanted to see with his own physical eyes, but I also think he wanted to see with eyes of faith. To say, Jesus, I want to see you as Lord and Savior. I want to be able to follow you. I want to be able to see heaven someday. And my friends, that's the Christian life. As we journey each and every day that we say yes to Jesus and live a life for him, that our eyes are slowly and slowly and slowly opened, our eyes of faith. That the more that we get to know God in our relationship with him, the more we're going to be able to see him act in our daily life, the more we can give him glory, and then also the more we'll be able to see him in others. So that no longer are we comparing ourselves or judging others, but we see others as Christ sees them, as a beloved child of God. And that's the beauty of the sacraments that we receive, you know, especially in the Eucharist. Now, as we receive the Eucharist, that our eyes are slowly, slowly, slowly opened to be able to be more like Christ until one day we can clearly and fully see in heaven. All right, so we end our gospel today. Jesus told him, go your way, your faith has saved you. And immediately he received his sight and followed him on the way. So if you kept reading in our gospel, right after that, Jesus enters into Jerusalem. So the way is leading to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the place of the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus. So when Bartimaeus says yes to following Jesus, to following the way, 
The way is to the cross. And that's the same thing by our very baptisms. You are baptized into Jesus' death and resurrection. Most of you as a baby, but as we grow, we choose the faith for our own. And whenever we choose the faith, Jesus says, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. He doesn't guarantee the life is going to be easy when we follow him. He doesn't guarantee we're going to have this certain job. He doesn't guarantee we're going to be married, or we're going to be this wealthy, or we're going to live in this place. He guarantees, though, that if we pick up our cross and follow him, no matter how heavy that cross may be, that there is a resurrection on the other side, that there is eternal life on the other side, where there are no more crosses. And he also promises us that he will carry the cross along with us. You know, I can't imagine those who don't believe in Christ, who, who are carrying the crosses, whether they know it or not, and, but they don't have that extra grace, they don't have that help from Christ to be able to carry along with them. So my friends, that's the natural state of the church. That's the natural state of a disciple Jesus Christ is the way of the cross. And that resurrection may happen in this life or it may happen in the life to come. But by our faith, just as the faith of Bartimaeus, we say yes to Christ, knowing that the beauty of this cross that was an instrument of a torture is the instrument of our salvation, is the instrument that leads us from this life into the next. So my brothers and sisters, as we continue on in this Mass, as you start classes again tomorrow, let us look to Bartimaeus as an example of how we can keep growing as a disciple of Jesus, knowing that it's going to bring us more love, more light, more flourishing, more truth and goodness and beauty, more peace and joy in our lives, in our relationships, and in the life of this campus. My brothers and sisters, take courage. Get up. He is calling you. Thank you for listening to Aggie Catholic Homilies. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Be sure to check out our sister podcast, Aggie Catholic Talks, to hear talks from Magnify, Catholicism 101, and more. Thanks, God bless, and gig'em.